I have some lyrics here from some of the songs that you've done in your career, and to be very honest, many of this, much of this I can't even say on television, but I want to read some of this to you. Um, so what about the bitch that got shot? F her. You think I care about a bitch? I ain't a sucker. Right. Um, songs That's titled... That's not talking about women, though. What is it talking about? A lot about? of them. Bitches. It's a difference. I figure a bitch is uh, someone that does, like, scandalous things to you you have another <laughs> you have another song called real niggas why do you guys call yourself this word that has well, been we so have fun? we didn't we didn't give ourselves this name now <laughs> but right now in society you guys are calling yourself niggers right. a lot but more than we didn't give ourselves that name people been calling us niggers for years and so we carry that word we right now the word is like saying homeboy This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary, brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, Dee Simon. I'm the host, Lance Wackerly. Lance Lackerly. Right, you kind of uh, fumbled that intro. I frumped it. You, you did. Were you just nervous? Are you nervous? Because no, it's true to life podcasting kind of sense a little anxiety because this is the uh, last episode of the uh, daily show with john stewart you yeah i've heard about that yeah tonight a little yeah. upset he's an american institution of fake news <laughs> he influenced american thought that john stewart in a not so great way but okay well he uh, i think he galvanized the liberals <laughs> no not really i mean if you're a lib- if you're the type of liberal who just likes your sort of liberal opinions and bite-sized, easy to think about, like, the other side of the argument are all just morons and, quote-unquote, evil, then Jon Stewart's your guy. Yeah, but John If you actually want to talk about policies and, like, reasonably consider the other side's arguments, he's probably not your guy. Yeah, but Jon Stewart did openly debate uh, O'Reilly, like, two times. Uh, he went on other people's shows yeah, in but, uh, their so forum that's, that's to like, speak so that's, to them. So now you're giving legitimate, legitimacy to O'Reilly. Like, O'Reilly's the pinnacle of right-wing thought, which is also not true. Uh, Stewart went on other right-wing talk shows as well. It's not like he just stood in his on his podium, you know, safely uh, safely away from any kind of... Uh, any kind of threats or adversaries and just ridicule his opponents with it behind his sound bites. I mean, he mm. did actually confront them. He kind them. of did, though. He, well, he did, but then he actually did for speak the most to him part. As well. What did he do? Like two interviews for an hour each, and then did like thirty-six yeah, thousand hours of other footage of them, like you know, creatively editing videos and doing but, ambush journalism and just doing sort of jokes about like, but the Republicans are stupid, right, folks? <laughs> He did his weird mug to the camera. The one thing about him, too, though, is when somebody would actually accuse him of uh, making like a, 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 a volatile statement or incendiary comment, he would just be like, I'm just a comedian. Right. I'm making people laugh. That's brilliant. That's what we do. Yeah. Although I got to say, I liked him better than Craig Kilborn. 
made the show. I have way to more go back and watch the Craig Kilborn years because it's so long ago that I don't really. I remember liking Craig Kilborn too. I, I did because we watched Craig Kilborn when we were in college. But then right. I remember John Stewart took over, and I was like, ah, I'm not a big fan a better of this show. guy. But the show was so much better. Yeah. He launched so many careers. I think it, the Daily Show did become an institution. I, I do wonder how the uh, South Africans going to fare. <laughs> Terrible. I mean, it's funny. It's like you're stepping into the shoes. I would short sell that in a second. Yeah, yeah this media work. titan. And here you are, like, with your foreign African humor. But he's going to do the same. Here, here's what's going to be. He's going to do the same thing. He's going to, like, be talking about how, you know, like, stupid Americans are and how the Midwesterners are idiots and, like, you know, all right-wing Southerners are fucking evil morons who belong to the Klan secretly. Whereas I think people will put up with that shit with Jon Stewart. They're not going to put up with some guy from South Africa saying that shit. They're going to go back to your own country, you motherfucker. I just don't, don't understand what kind of context you could have by, by doing an American um, parody news show. I mean, do a South African parody news show. You could probably do a European not as big one. Of an audience, right? No, I, I just don't see. The, and not to mention, it's like, why not hire a more well-known comedian? Why not put Louis Black in charge? True. Yeah. Why didn't they go? Because Louis Black was a chorus, quote unquote correspondent. That's like making it sound like it is a real news show, which it isn't. But not, <laughs> why not use? I mean, I guess they gave the British guy got his own job, right? John Oliver got his John own Oliver. show. Uh, Colbert? what's his name? Colbert, Colbert got his own show a long time ago, but there's a ton of other guys. There's that guy who looks like Putty, but he's not Putty. What about uh, Hodgman? What about uh, Wyatt Sinek? <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there were a lot of people on there that could have uh, manned the helm of the Daily Show, but instead Lewis they Black, go with this. Well, they go with this no-name comedian because I think what's going to happen is the show's just going to kind of fade into obscurity because I, I don't think they could keep it going on. Well, I don't think they want it to fade into obscurity. I I, th- I think why they went with that guy is because, like I've said multiple times, it's in cheaper. the last four or five years, the only way you can make it as a comedian is if you're extremely attractive. And this dude is... Do you I mean, think this guy's extremely attractive? I don't yeah, think so. he's got that whole, like, Obama, sort of mixed race, thin, young <laughs> dude look. <laughs> I mean, he's much better looking than Louis Black. Do you not agree? I, okay, I guess he's a little bit better looking than That's Lewis why Black. he got the job and Lewis Black didn't. I just think Lewis Black, though, is more popular comedian. Right, so why didn't he get the job? I, I don't know. I, I, think, there's, I think there's an troll. executive decision. It's like, let's just take this uh, lesser-known comedian. It's going to save us a few bucks. I don't. No, it's not about saving money. It's about the fact that he's, he's you know, telegenic. We'll get a European audience. And yeah, maybe he's attractive. But you didn't think Jon Stewart was attractive? You know what my favorite thing about Jon Stewart was? His height. Shorter than me. Yeah, but that's why you got to sit behind the desk or do a po- or do a podcast where people can't see you. Yeah, that's what I do. I sit down during my interviews. Uh, you know what they should have, they should have the, to take over the Daily Show? I wouldn't mind seeing Ice Cube do it because Ice Cube is now a family movie actor. Um, he's palatable for a, a white demographic. Um, Cube is a comedian. He's done many successful comedic movies. Think about all these uh, family comedies Ice Cube's done. Or even not, I mean, you know, mainstream comedies, I wouldn't call it family, but, um, you know, He did Friday. Three Kings, Friday. Remember Friday? I think he could he has do a, it. He has a huge range. Like, yeah, like he's, I forgot about Three Kings. I mean, it was a serious dramatic Actually, Three role. Kings was a good movie. Wasn't he in one of those, uh, I don't know, fucking Spaceship Rescue Mars or something like that? I think you're mixing him up with Vin Diesel. No, no, I actually think Cube was in one of those Mars movies. Where LL Cool J? Mars. Not ladies love cool jams. 
Is that what that stands for? Ladies love cool jams. Yeah, you never knew that. I never knew that in my forty you just years lost of life. A ton of fucking eighties uh, hip hop cred. I never was a huge fan of LL Cool J. He's great. I just never knew his ladies. Ladies love cool jams. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure a bunch of listeners will fucking email in how I'm wrong about this. Well, this is my week segue into talking about the NWA biopic. Straight Out Compton is coming out uh, this Friday. The I'm excited about it. Yeah. Are you excited about it? I'm kind of excited. I don't think I'll see it in the theater. I'll probably see it once it comes out on, uh, you know, on demand. Uh, watered down Neo Black's. I really want to know uh, about the background of Yellow Boy. <laughs> <laughs> MC Ren. What happened? To, what happened to DJ Yella? I don't know. That's why I have to watch the movie. I'm, I'm sure they don't go What's into his, it. Even before, what, not only what happened to him, like, where did he come from? Because everybody knows about Dre and Ice Cube and Easy e Well, I assume Compton. Did they all come from Compton? I don't know. Well, I'm, I highly doubt Snoop the Snoop Dogg came from the LBC. Yeah, Snoop Dogg was Long Beach, but I thought most of those guys come from like somewhere in Southern California. Like, well, uh, I mean, the band is called Niggers with Attitudes. I hope it doesn't offend anybody. And the first album and the movie, right, is called Straight, Straight Out of Compton. Out of Compton. So, so I'm were, assuming they all came the out of Compton. The core group were from Compton. You know what's interesting about that, though? I don't. I wonder if, were they all like homies in high school and they hung out, drank 40s together? And they're like, let's be in a band. Yeah, I don't know how they formed. That's, if you ask me to like take a guess, I would say that that's what happened, right? That's the, that's the general conventional wisdom. They're just like, let's be in a band. You know, the hip hop was still what in kind its, of a band. Well, hip hop was still in its neophyte stages. You know, it, how it's, about a rap band? Hip hop. Well, but the thing is, though, hip hop did exist at that time. And, and believe it or not, I was actually a pretty big hip hop fan, rap fan, really. <laughs> you know, because I didn't know anything about music when I moved to this country. Uh, my only musical influence was my brother. My brother liked Bob Marley a lot, but he also liked Madonna. And Billy yeah. Idol. So that, that was all the music I knew of. I didn't really know much about music at that time. And then when I come here, it's like, you know, it's, I think I moved here end of eighth grade. And, and that was like right, right about when uh, Straight Outta Compton came out. Was it Straight Outta Compton was what, 88? That sounds right, though I wouldn't really know. It might be earlier, but I remember rap was gangster Once it moved rap. To the, it migrated to the Midwest and became we became aware of it. it was probably had to be. I mean, there are probably older kids that, that were listening to it, but like it finally came to junior high school kids. You know, probably eighty eight, eighty nine. That seems too early, though. Now that I think about it, because I would have only been thirteen. I feel like it was. Well, that could be Maybe right. Eighty nine or ninety. Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Because I had it on tape. I had it on tape for sure. Was it an actual tape that you purchased or a tape that you copied from somebody? I dubbed it from Abel, this kid that I went to school with. His name was Abel? Yeah, Abel. Was he, he was like, No, he was uh, like a like, Mexican That's the kid. oldest of Old Testament names. You name your kid Adam or <laughs> no, he was like a Mexican kid. His name, I just remember his name was Abel, and he was also mm-hmm. a new kid. And one of the only kids that would, would hang out with this goofy-looking Jewish kid from right. South Africa. And I, you know, I, I didn't really know much about anything. And I, I heard this music and I was like, Spoke kind of you. blown away by it. Right. I mean, weren't you just shocked by it? Well, first of all, even if you don't understand the lyrics or anything, it's just, I mean, it's very catchy, you know, approachable music. I had angry heard, I'd never heard anything about man. it. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like it's the like anger. Aggressive. And, and, and the, muscular. the language. But like the language of it, I mean, it was it was violent. It was uh, you know um, 
discrediting women, just uh, anti-authority. <laughs> Everything a teen or preteen boy could want. You know, and at the time, like I hadn't, I hadn't heard anything that was that rebellious. I didn't know about punk rock yet. They talk about shooting cops a lot. Yeah, and like fuck the police, and you know, I, I was just kind of like, holy shit! I, I hid know. it. For, I hid it from my parents. I didn't know what the rabbi would think of that. Oh, I knew my parents wouldn't like it. Did your parents ever confiscate music? Uh, I don't think they did. I don't think my parents really like owned a Walkman or anything. <laughs> they maybe owned like a couple of Paul Simon tapes that they would play in the car, but it's not like they were taking my tapes and listening to them. Do you think that music, listening to it now, lost its edge? I mean, obviously, it sounds like old school hip hop, but do you think the um, no, no? I still think it's super edgy, especially yeah, if you the understand the, like the time, it happened. the context. Yeah. I mean, it was like right around the time you get all pomo on it, but yeah, the context. Well, like one of the L.A. riots, Rodney King, it was like what ninety one. That was 90? after. It was right after, but I mean, there was a lot of tension between. You know, young urban urban males living in uh, Compton and I do uh, think the as LAPD. A, as a Midwestern kid with like four four black people in my graduating class of three hundred, it did give me a window into the plight <laughs> of the urban, you know, the urban uh, Negro male. St- yeah, the state of the urban, you know, hopeless uh, situation that they were found themselves in. What was a life like? Completely unlike my own, and I was just fascinated with it like i remember watching yo mtv raps but also remember that things like uh colors the movie colors came out out. that was about uh, there was a lot of uh mass media about the bloods and the crips and uh do i guess do the right thing wasn't really in the same vein but uh uh boys in the hood definitely was boys in the hood came out but that was later way after though yeah as ice cube in his first dramatic role but i think this this was kind of the I guess the genesis of gangster rap. Cause I don't think gangster rap really existed. I mean, this was before Tupac. Uh, it was before Biggie. I mean, I think I'm sure Biggie had some music out at this point, but I don't think, but this was West coast gangster rap, which differed obviously from the East coast hip hop. And at the time yeah, you sure. had like De La Soul, um, you're on the PM East coast Dawn. tribe called quest, PM Dawn. <laughs> but you had these other bands that just, you know, they they were more like I guess I always used to think it was more like cerebral hip hop. It was like you know, art school hip hop. Yeah, art school hip hop as opposed to like bitches ain't shit, you know, and and the word ho being thrown around and like get my gad, I'm gonna bat, bust a cap in your ass, fool, and like all this stuff. And you listen to that, you're like, wow, the this ghetto is, boys. That this was is way cool. Oh, ghetto boys. Too. Now the ghetto boys took it to a whole different level, though. Like, yeah, Mind but you can still tell that they were not the originators. No, they weren't. I, but I think it's NWA just ushered in this this new era of rap. Right. I don't think anyone had heard anything. And th- these guys were so talented at the time when they came out. Especially like you think about a guy like Easy E. <laughs> like that dude was just. I wonder what, what like that guy couldn't exist now. I Me, mean, he had to die early. Could you imagine <laughs> what that guy would look like now? Oh, oh, you mean like if you did? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's. I you guess didn't I'm die confused. of AIDS. Do you mean like a a a person that same age could not come out of the hip hop world. Or are you saying like that actual easy E couldn't exist now as like a 50 year old man? No, easy couldn't exist. Easy was right. like destined to die young. I mean, yeah, just, I don't, I couldn't see that guy, you know, being in a family movie. You know, I mean, he was just, maybe, you never know. I, At the you time, think, you wouldn't say that you could have seen Ice about Cube. About Ice Cube doing it either. either. And, you know, I don't, like I don't have any ill will towards Ice Cube for doing that. So, like, guy's got to live, got to feed his family. Might as well. It's not like he's, he's like, I, I'm sure he's not as angry as he was back when he was 22. 
Yeah, well, what's what's really ridiculous is would be the opposite if he didn't do family movies. Yeah, if he was still like touring around saying "fuck the police," but you know he's like a fucking multi-millionaire fifty-year-old dude. Well, it wouldn't be authentic. People couldn't buy it. That would be more ridiculous than doing like a family movie where he goes on vacation. I mean, you you listen to like music that Eminem puts out now. Like Eminem's music when it came out in the late nineties, his first two albums were caustic, aggressive. I mean, he was angry. But now it's like, what does he have? Ang- what does he have to be angry about? Not much. <laughs> no, I mean the guy's worth millions upon millions. How do you his feel kids about growing up? Uh, <laughs> but what do you think though? So you get this band that comes out late, late eighties, early nineties. They uh, usher in this this aggressive form of music, um, obviously making political statements and uh, creating social unrest in L.A. What do you, do you think they ever intended their music just to kind of fall into the hands of Midwestern suburban white boys? Because we all listen to it. I the don't chronic. think they intended that, but I think that whoever, like, signed them, they must have known. Right? Yeah, I, 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 mean, I didn't see the movie yet, and I don't know a lot of the history, but they they got signed by, like, an actual record label at some point that was like, we're going to push your shit out to the country, and you know who's going to eat this up? Yeah, Midwestern, 13-year-old white kids. And so then do you think by the time, like, Chronic came out, they're just like, oh, we're just going to market this to the white boys in the Midwest. I mean, this is going to be huge. I don't think they even had to think about it that much. I mean, just, just like, black people only make up, what, 10% of the country? And especially, I mean, and that's in, all in metropolitan areas. Right. I mean, if you so. if you want to make a shitload of money marketing me- any kind of music... You kind of have to bring along the white kids and, yeah, and rock mean, and roll, yeah. especially you have to go after the kids. Like you can't go after like, well, we're going to, you know, it's not like the Brahms fucking Philharmonic orchestra third time they've ever recorded, you know, some Bach obscure movement. And you're like, Oh, 40 year old men who are professors are going to eat this up. Like that's not going to make you a lot of money. If you want to make a lot of money in music, you got to market it to the, you know what we now call the millennials, but the back, record you know, buying whatever. audience, I the mean, fifteen yeah, to twenty-five year old demo, and uh, and it, I mean it worked. Like uh, I think I I found it through word of mouth. It's not like I was a huge hip hop fan, but then later I think what yeah, of happened. Of course, to, some older kid or like your friend who had an older brother is like, this is really cool. Like, where'd you find it? My older brother got it from his older friend, and, and then it just kind of fell into your hands. I mean, it's the same thing happened, and, and that's the thing when you're a kid. I mean, you're just so fickle you know you, you like something one you know one year and then you get into something else you wear the tape so valuable. stretched i mean and that's it the thing like slow. i loved nwa and then it, it got to the point where i think it's like i heard i think slayer for the first time or no it must have been metallica but like old metallica and then i was just like oh this is cool and then i started listening to like slayer start heavier music and they just kind of gravi- gravitated away from rap completely was there any like metal hesher dude though who influenced you or like well you listen to that rap shit you gotta listen to metal man where he like had a definite um bias against yeah because you could because you could like both right i think now people are much more open to be like i like rap and uh heavy metal and uh whatever i i totally stopped listening to rap i stopped listening to uh was there somebody who influenced yeah you, no, yeah uh todd from- Wallraven. Who is a good friend of Steele's, but Steele as well, John Steele. crap. Because uh, I think I met Steele my freshman year of high school, yeah. uh, along with my friend Kessler. And, you know, Steele listened to Motorhead, and uh, Walraven was into like heavier music, and his brother was in my grade. And so, like, yeah, I got all these tapes from like 
just bands that it was just, it was just heavier and like harder and i just kind of was like yeah the raps were you ever like annoying. hey guys but what about this nwa love for listen to this and then they just backlashed on you yeah i mean it was just kind of i still liked it like i probably really listened to nwa for about a year and then uh i think by the time the chronic came out i was starting to get into metal and then i just kind of gave up on hip-hop completely until i started working at the strip club and started mm. listening to like biggie and tupac again and outcast and then then i was just like I'm kind of yeah, I have a newfound love for this music, and that's where I got really into Wu Tang, which is I'm, Wu Tang. I think is the best you know hip hop group of all of, time. Of, yeah, they're my favorite hip hop group. Hmm. I think so. Yeah, that's debatable. Whatever. My favorite hip hop artist, I would say, would be Notorious B.I.G. But at smiles. the at the same time, it's like I do love driving around the uh, Prius, listening to the Chronic. Chronic 1 and Chronic 2 both had amazing songs. And Dre, probably the most talented producer out there. I mean, the guy's worth what, like $2 billion? Well, plus he has the whole uh, headphone industry walked up. Uh, yeah, the Dre, Dre headphones, which... I guess I Apple mean, bought those, right? He already cashed that, out. That's what made him a billionaire. I mean, he's like yeah. the, the richest man in hip-hop history. But you know what's interesting about that guy? How many people do you think remember what happened to D. Barnes? No. The young female journalist that Dre beat the living hell out of. What year would this have been? 1991. <laughs> he was a young Andre, Andre Young. Andre Dr. Dre Young. He's not an actual doctor, by the way. He's a doctor of beats. Yeah, he, but you that, could give him. Like he went through like an eight year program of study. Possibly. You never know. He might have been studying <laughs> no, all his. <laughs> he didn't go to an accredited university through the graduate program and write a thesis he learned from the university of the streets okay fine studying okay. dj cool Herc. typically we re- reserve the term <laughs> doctor for all right i'm done um dr dre young here attacked hip-hop journalist d barnes denise barnes who was the uh i guess uh she was the host of a show called pump it up which i don't remember i think it was before my time I don't remember it either. I remember Yo MTV Raps. Pump that was, It Up was on, not on MTV. It was on something else. Yeah, Yo MTV, uh, Pump It Up, I think, yeah, it was just on a, it's another late night hip hop show. Hmm. But it was a big show, and I guess they discovered a lot of new talent from that show. Wow. Um, apparently, this is not mentioned in the movie at all. <laughs> this, is, this is completely omitted from the movie. Hmm. And uh, not many people even know about it, except Eminem, actually, in the song Guilty Conscience. I don't know if you know that if uh, people look this up, but at one point he's talking to uh, Dre and he makes, a, he makes a joke about it. He's like, yeah, what'd you do to D. Barnes? And Dre's like, fuck you. Because I, I don't think it's a, it's a period that Dre wants to have dug up either. Um, yeah, but wasn't he the producer of the Eminem song? So he had some kind of say over whether that portion was put in the song. But that's the thing. It's like, it sounds very off the cuff. I don't think it was planned. And I don't think he, uh, you know, edited it out. I think he was just like, all right, whatever. But he did, he did beat the living fuck out of like a helpless woman. It's, it's, a, it's an insane story, especially the fact that uh, no one even knows about it. Uh, I read about it um, on the internet just recently. Actually, now people are putting articles like, well, do you remember 1991 when uh, Dr. Dre was at that record release party and uh, ended up beating up D Barnes? This is what went, well, this is what happened. So, they're at a record release party for a feminist-bent rap duo, Bitches with Problems, BWP. Mm. Kind of like NWA. Were you a fan of BWP? I didn't know <laughs> of them. <laughs> Bitches with Problems. Okay, well, we're niggas with attitudes. 
What's up? I'm sure they got along swimmingly. Uh, so it was a Bitches with Problems record release party at Hollywood's Po Nana Soup Club. Oh, I've been there a bunch. <laughs> Do you imagine how uh, adorably ghetto that club must be? And uh, so what happened is, uh, I guess Dr. Dre went up to Dee Barnes, picked her up by her hair, uh, smashed her face and body into the wall. Next thing you know, she fell on the ground, and he was kicking her in the ribs and stomping on her face and fingers. She ran to the woman's bathroom to hide, but he burst through the door and started bashing her in the back of the head, tried to throw her down a staircase. And keep in mind... Uh, that seems inappropriate. D. Barnes is five foot three. Dre is six foot one. And I heard read that he had a couple of bodyguards surrounding him. So it's not like he was even in any danger of anybody else coming and interfering with this beating that <laughs> yeah. he administered upon a five foot three woman. And no one interfered. Uh, Ren from the from from the band was like, Ren's she deserved it. Bitch deserved it. Easy E was like, yeah, bitch had it coming. Mm. Um, Dre afterwards mentioned, or I guess this is kind of his reasoning for uh, attacking her. People talk all this shit, but you know, somebody fucks with me, I'm going to fuck with them. I just did it, you know. Ain't nothing to do now by talking about it. Besides, it ain't no thing. I just threw her through a door. Hmm. Seems like it is a thing, though. Oh, it is. a. It's very much a thing. And I think it just show, shows that, uh, you know, misogyny obviously rampant in that culture. Reflected this in their is, music. This is a common refrain, though. I, I guess, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like uh, two social justice impetuses fighting against each other it's like people want to be like oh i love hip-hop i love the music of the people but then when people point out like yeah but that music's pretty misogynistic and it uh, glorifies violence or don't you worry about that it's like well you just don't get the context and it's like well yeah but he actually did beat the fuck out of a woman in real life too it's a cognitive dissonance that all white hipsters face right it's like of course we love old school hip-hop nwa oh my god so influential yeah, but sit down and listen to the lyrics. Do you agree right. with what they're saying? Right. It's like, no. I Beating don't. up a hoe? But Is it's that what cool. you're into, buddy? <laughs> Colin? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, uh, Barnes, I guess what ended up happening or the reason he attacked her is she had done a segment, just did a segment on NWA, probably the biggest rap band show. to come out at that time. Pump it up. Yeah, they were on Pump It Up, and uh, she did an interview with. Um, on the set of Boys in the Hood, actually. And uh, she'd done the, or what happened? Okay, I take, um, she did an interview with NWA. The whole, there was a segment airing on the band NWA. But she was on the set of Boys in the Hood, and this was right after Ice Cube had a beef with the band and left. Wow. And that was the thing. Back then, those were real rap beefs, you know? The beef between Biggie and Tupac was a real, legitimate beef. Like, people can get shot and killed during that beef. You know, uh, Ice Cube left the band. You know, he's going to release tracks dissing, dissing the band. Right. NWA is going to release tracks dissing him. Same thing happened to Eazy-E. Yeah. And that's legitimate beef. You look at someone like Drake and Meek Mill. Do you even know who that is? Vaguely. I had to look it up because I'm so white and so old. I didn't understand what a Meek Mill was. I thought it was some, like some kind of yeah, rap but, drug. I, so I, you're, you're about to say that the beef between Drake and Meek Mill is not serious. I, I don't think Drake is seriously scary. He's Canadian. But, and half uh, Jewish, you know that? He's half Jewish. Half like Jewish. Lenny Kravitz? Yeah. 
<laughs> but okay, so maybe he's not that scary. But Meek Mill is actually scary. Like, hasn't he been gone to jail on gun crimes and stuff in in Chicago? It's like Nicki Minaj's boyfriend. He's not scary. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. You Lil might want to look into maybe. it though before you start trash talking him. Well, all I'm saying is they they release a couple. Like he said that uh, Drake's lyrics are ghost written. So then Drake comes out and says something like this. Back then it was just like I'm gonna bust a cap in your ass, fool. And they just like say really hurtful things about each other. And then that they was would a real beef. Bust caps. And they would they would find them each other at a club and do a drive by because so they were serious Tupac, about right? it. And Biggie. And Biggie. <laughs> you know, and, and they never caught the murderers because, I mean, that was a legitimate beef. You don't really have that happening now. Are you, It sounds like you're pining for the old days. Well, I'm just I liked say- it when black entertainers shot each other. I'm just saying, if you're going to have, you know, actually, I take that back. Lil Wayne and Birdman are in a beef I just read about as well. And there were shots exchanged at Lil Wayne's tour bus. So maybe there is some legitimate beefing going on. But I'm just <laughs> so saying, still, well, I want an old-fashioned beef. You're happy once again. I want an old-fashioned beef. I don't want these two, you know, quaffed up pop star, pop rap stars, you know, tiffing with each other. Hmm. And then Nicki Minaj has to choose which one she wants to sing with on his, her next duet single. You know, I don't want that. I want like a real beef with some sawed-off shotguns. Like it was back in the day. I guess the only comparison for white people is like, uh, like Norse black metal, where they just like murder each other and burn churches down. Yeah, that's a, that's a beef. I would say it's a beef with with God. <laughs> yeah, we don't really have that in uh, in our culture. But the these are like you know this was a legitimate beef. I beef. Ice Cube was pissed, upset with NWA. NWA was upset with Ice Cube. D Barnes on the set of Boys in the Hood does an interview with Ice Cube where he's talking shit about NWA and the producer airs it right in the middle of that NWA segment on her show Pump It Up. I blame the producer. Well, that's what she's trying to do. He's probably a white guy. Yep. His name's Jeff. Jeff Shore. He put the segment in. And so she said she was upset about it, but obviously Dr. Dre uh, blamed her. And so sure enough, at the, he saw her at that regular release party, like, you know, right after that segment aired, and he attacked her. And uh, no one did anything. His bodyguards actually beat the shit out of NWA's promoter who tried to stop the, uh, the onslaught. Did you read about that? It's part the, of the entourage, yeah. Part so of the entourage. did do something, you just got beat the fuck up out of the bodyguards. You gotta give that guy credit a little bit. Yeah, this guy was talking to Deep Barnes, just chatting with her, chatting her up. You know, thought maybe, he was going to get laid. And out of nowhere, Dre just starts beating her face in right in front of him. So he tries to stop it. And then the bodyguard just like lays him out, knock three right. teeth out. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about it, the guy the next day was at the office of NWA's record company. He goes up to Dre goes, and asks him, confront him. He's like, dude, do you know what you did last night? And he goes, nah, I don't remember. <laughs> he just kind of walked away. Mm. I guess that's what, that's what happens here. Well, the upshot of this is none of this is in the movie, right? So you can only hear it here. On yeah, the second wrong podcast. So you can hear our retelling of the uh, thrashing of D Barnes. I suggest if any listeners have have you know processed this information we've just given you, and you go to see the movie uh, while the credits are rolling, walk down to the front of the theater and say, "I have something to say." <laughs> and why don't you explain this uh, this yeah. outrageous act of misogyny or that you could occurred just, right in public? Yeah, you could just sort of amplify your iPod somehow and play this little segment to the viewing audience. But a thought experiment here, though, Wackerly. So Dee Barnes, uh, she tried suing the group, 
but um, they dropped the uh, charges against Easy E and Ren because they said, you know, all they did was talk shit. So they did First Amendment, right? So they they didn't have to uh, do anything. Uh, Dre didn't even show up to court. He was mm-hmm. fined like two grand for that, but he was eventually charged with assault. But she filed a civil suit for damages, and she sued for twenty two point seven million dollars in damages. Twenty two million. Hmm. Yeah, they Three settled. They didn't say the price of the uh, settlement. Even the, two, even a tenth of that would be an amazing amount of money to retire and live upon. So I guess the thought experiment here is, would you take a thrashing from a, a rap god and not continue to press charges, not like trying to, you know, would you settle? Survey says, yes, I would. <laughs> and never bring it up again. I'm sure she had to sign some kind of NDA yeah, that's the or deal, something. Sure. Yeah, why not? Twenty-two point seven million dollars for a rap band, NDA. NDA, yeah. So yeah, you know that's not going to be mentioned probably in the uh, in the movie, in the biopic. Nothing about D Barnes. It um, should have been. I mean, not the specific case, st- situation. I mean, they should have some had some sort of analogous situation come up to show that, like, you know what, these guys weren't weren't all just perfect, uh, you know, urban geniuses of music. Well, that's, I think that's kind of what they're trying to do. It's like, you know, you have these guys, these, these, these rap prodigies that came out and they're just seers. And then, you know, they spoke to, spoke about the civil unrest and galvanized. You got to show the good with the bad if people you know, are going to like love this the movie though. Anti-authoritarian attitude, you know, this punk rock ethos of the late uh, 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's the thing. They, you know, it embodied the spirit of what like the Sex Pistols did in the, in the 70s. You know, it's like here you got these guys. And uh, they come out. I don't think these guys. One thing I don't like about the, the whole punk. I mean, whatever. I love punk music, or at least for a time. You know, at the appropriate time, I liked it. It's kind of hard to listen to when you're 40 years old. <laughs> I think kind of uh, you know you kind of lost its effect. It's not for us, but um, I mean, punk rock music was like rebelling against previous forms of music. Pretty but also much a little bit society. I mean, NWA didn't give a fuck about any other types of music before them, other than to steal the samples. Yes, yeah, steal the samples. You know, the song that we're going to end the show with is an NWA song, one of my favorites. You remember Automobile? I'm sure once I hear it, I will remember it, but no, I couldn't sing it for At you. At the time, I just thought it was a really hilarious song, but then as I got older, I realized it's actually a complete Parliament song. They didn't even steal a sample. from. They just stole the song and rapped over it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see the NWA biopic. I don't know if I'm going to go see it in Inglewood. Um, or Compton, for that about matter. Where you go see yeah, like you're in, are you going to go see this in Oakland? <laughs> I think... I think as a white person, I would go see it in the whitest area <laughs> I know of. Sorry. No, I don't mean to be racist or anything, but I don't want to be the only white guy in the theater. Do you think they're going to have a premiere at like the man's Chinese, Groman's Chinese theater or something? Probably. Like on Hollywood? Or do you think they're going to premiere I mean, let's not forget at- where we started this thing. You know, Ice Cube is a legitimate Hollywood big money actor. Yeah, but do you think because it's on NWA, they're going to have the premiere in like Compton? At a theater that they went to in high school. Oh, the actual like first time they show it. I mean, that would be nice if they did that. I just wonder if they. I don't know. I'm wondering. You're gonna find out this week. Yeah. So we'll have to see. But I am. I am uh, excited about it. They are uh, one of the greatest rap bands of history, and I I think the movie will be entertaining. Will definitely be be remembered. Yeah. Uh, people's episode 495 here, second wrong. You know the way the show works. Wackerly and I talk about the most disturbing news items of the week. We talk about them here on the show. If we give you credit. 
Send you a Sticker Round Care Package, which equals stickers. Uh, send your story to SickerRoundPodcast.com. Submit them via Facebook or the Twitters. Got some good ones here this week. Before we get to our first story, here's, an, here's a word from our sponsor. It's Butt Plug Month on AdamandEve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. So this first story came in uh, from Daniel. He goes, what would you do if a homeless guy gave you a wet willy? Keep it sick. I would not be uh, very amused by that. <laughs> First of all, I'd wonder where, what the wetness was. Gotta be disgusting. Any any secretion from a homeless guy on your person, I would freak out. I would take like, I don't know, I'd probably soak in vinegar, gasoline. Your ear hole? No, my whole body. I'd be freaking out <laughs> that I had like some kind of hepatitis. Is a wet willy an international term? Bloodborne pathogen disease. I, you, I don't know. Probably. Don't so typically, think? I should just then I should kick this off with a standard wet willy is when you lick your finger, you get a bunch of saliva on it, and you stick it in somebody's ear when they're not looking. You jam it in their ear and wiggle. You got to wiggle your finger a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That's a. I wonder where that term came from, the wet willy. Well, I understand where the wet part comes from. <laughs> <laughs> willy, I don't know. There a guy named Willie was the first one to do it. Can you get herpes from that? I don't know. How is herpes transmitted? No, saliva, isn't it? Isn't it or pus or whatever from, your, from the mouth source. Maybe if you have an source. open cut in your ear hole. You can get hepatitis and come from saliva. Maybe if you have an open sore in your ear. Because, you know, it's not going to get past the eardrum. It's not going to get into your brain. <sighs> so the, this guy here, Michael uh, Magani, 34 years old. His address is listed as homeless. <laughs> I love that ad. It's like, where, where's that listed? County records. Homeless County. Yeah. He lives in Homeless a box street. on Center Street and Fourth, you know, right over there. Center. <laughs> Center is a good name of a street where like Center you're street. almost homeless. You live on Center Street. It's just generic. Yeah. Um you should say skid row. I love how in LA we actually do have a skid row. They call it skid row. Like if you look at a map of downtown, there's an area called Skid Row. It's like three by three blocks. Charles Bukowski wrote a lot about it, right? It's disgusting, dude. I, I live near there. We walk by it. It's yeah. like it's like tent city. And you don't even go over there. It's right by a cop shop. There's a police station right down there. And they just ignore anything that goes on that area. I don't even know what you can do with it. <laughs> Those cops are working hard. Yeah. <laughs> I work in the Skid Row department. What do you do? Uh, we just try and look away from all the people outside the door. We just drive elsewhere and protect the white people. Right. You know, we keep them contained. And it's like, yeah, they just live in tents. It's It's... Yeah, it's vile. It's not where you want to end up. Well, I've always thought that if you had a kid, like if I, you know, if I was a dad and I had a kid and I found her, you know, smoking meth or something, I think I would take that kid down to Skid Row and shove her face inside one of those tents and just, you could smell, you know, what it smells like to be a homeless meth addict that lives on Skid Row. Guarantee that kid would be scared straight. 
I actually approve of that parenting technique. Yeah, it's tough love. Do you then people. give the meth head who lives in the tent five bucks? Like, thanks for teaching my kid not to be like you. Yeah, you know, I'd probably give him ten bucks. I'd be like, okay. there you go. And probably, you know, I'd almost like go coordinate it with the meth head beforehand. Like, I'd probably just be make like, make sure it stinks. Like, make sure he didn't just air freshen his tent. I would be like, here's a bunch of Taco Bell. Just fart this tent up, and then uh, you know, I'll give you an extra ten bucks if you masturbate. Yeah, what? Well, imagine <laughs> if like the method had just cleaned his tent out and like you know got some good smelling food, and he had his some like potpourri. cute dog in there and potpourri <laughs> and Lysol. Then you stick your kid's head in there, and she's like, "It's pretty great, actually. <laughs> this ain't half bad. I can see myself living in this type Better of domicile." Better living with you, Dad. <laughs> No, that's what I'm saying. I'd, 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 it'd be premeditated. I'd go down there, give me 20 bucks. Yeah. I'd be like, all right, you know, prep. make it look like you're masturbating. Do some and, pre-pro. Uh, yeah, you know, um, don't clean the tent. Maybe <laughs> throw a little piss, dookie. Uh, could you maybe shoot your pants? Yeah, <laughs> maybe shoot your pants, make it look a little more authentic. <laughs> Tough love, people. It's that's the how they learn. of a Potemkin village. Um, the boy's mother reported that Megani, who she did not know, had stuck his finger in his mouth and then twisted it into her son's ear. You know, I would that this I this would make me become the Batman. Because you imagine if you're a little boy, you just some, destroy the dude. No, I'd just grow up and, oh, and you just mean learn the kid. to. Yeah, 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 I would grow okay. up and learn to become a vigilante that just beats the fuck out of homeless guys. Right. That's probably how the bum fights creators started that series. <laughs> Got wet willied by a bum. I'll make them fight each other. The child and her mother were playing in a waiting area of a local business uh, when the bizarre incident happened. Uh, Magani just walked up to them without even saying anything. Just approached the child. I mean, what are you going to say? <laughs> well, you could say, I'm going to give you a wet willy. Come here, you little scam. I like your ears, <laughs> child. <laughs> he then uh, approached with his saliva slicking finger and jammed it into the young boy's ear to the shock of his mother. Police say when the stunned mom and the staff of the business confronted the man, he fled in his vehicle. Now, that's curious. A homeless man with a vehicle. I mean, to me, if I ever have a car, I'm not, you're never truly I'm homeless. homeless. I, I'm thinking it's a shopping cart filled with cans and dried feces. Yeah, I mean, it could be a skateboard. It could be, it could be a skateboard. <laughs> Technically, a skateboard is a vehicle. Yeah, I just think he probably just walked, jumped into his shopping cart and just was on a hill or something. That would be funny to see a homeless guy. If it, you know, that would be great. You should start a nonprofit giving segues to the homeless. I don't see a lot of uh, benefit in, to me in doing that. I just think uh, you could, it'd be funny to go to San Francisco and just see a bunch of homeless people on segways. Who gave all these homeless people <laughs> goddamn segways? That Wackerly guy. That goddamn know. Wackerly. He's a nuisance. <laughs> Who, the homeless people? No, Wackerly. He keeps giving them segways. They're mobile now. You know, if I was Zuckerberg and I just had countless millions, I probably would do things like that. Hmm. You know, give like, you know, like segways to uh, the homeless or bubbles or something. I don't know. Yeah, fudge bubbles. Um, police say that after a further investigation, they arrested Magani on charges of breach of peace and reckless endangerment. Uh, he was released on a $500 bond. No assault? No assault. Hmm. Reckless endangerment. Because if you spit on somebody, I've heard that that's assault. So if you spit on your finger and then you jam your finger in their ear, that's not assault. How is not just like jamming your finger in someone's ear? That seems like assault, assault. even dry finger, dry willy. How do you think he made a $500 bond? He probably sold his Segway. 
<laughs> no motive was given for the uh, Wet Willie to a boy that he did not know. Uh, apparently, you know, this isn't the only Wet Willie story in the news. Last October, I don't know how he missed this one, a kid named Riley Lewis Swearingen, mm. 20 years old, was arrested and spent several days in jail after giving a police officer a double Wet Willie. <laughs> See, <laughs> I mean, that's just asking to be shot. Yeah, but that kid's a local legend. Yeah. As opposed to a disgusting homeless pervert. Yeah, that guy, I mean, that guy's like a justice warrior. Not even social, just, just justice warrior. People that you went to high school with probably still... Dude, do you remember when Riley gave the double wet willy to he's Austin the, Johnson? He's the official king of, not the homecoming, but the 20-year reunion. Oh, yeah. And you know that story's just been blown out of proportion. Like he probably said, the guy shot at him, but he dodged the bullets and ran into a tree. There was actually a quadruple wet willy. He used his toes, had one in his butthole, the other in his foreskin. He was charged with assaulting a police officer with bodily fluids, which is a felony. What's this guy's name? Uh, Riley Swearingen. Mm. Yeah. Did you hear that Ian McShane is going to be in the next season of uh, Game of Thrones? I did hear that. Speaking of uh, a guy who played a Swearingen character. I hope he's not just in for like one episode. Yeah, no, they're not going to get Ian McShane just for one episode. I hope not. So what would you do, Wackerly? Let's say you're... uh, you're, If I'm the kid or I'm the parent? No, no, it's just you. If you're walking down the street... And I find myself giving a child a wet willy? (laughs) Am I the homeless guy? (laughs) (laughs) No, let's say a homeless guy came up to you, gave you a wet willy. What would you do? There'd be some whacker in. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whacking. I don't know. The closest I ever came was a, a homeless dude take a, took a swing at me. But in my drunken walking down the street state, I like was just co- like subconsciously coherent enough. If I was like really thinking about it, I don't think I would have done it. But I was subconsciously coherent enough to like move my head back three inches. And his swing like, you know, missed by a couple inches. Did and, you say uh, anything? I, like I said, I was kind of buzzed, and I was like, what the fuck? Did that homeless guy just take a swing at me? And I was with my girlfriend at the time, and I was like just about to be like, I'm going to go fuck that guy up. And she was all just like, no, don't, because you'll probably get your ass beat. And then I was like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> and at that point, he was like already a block down the street, because he was just he was just kind of like run, not running, but like trotting down the street, taking swings at everybody and muttering to himself. It's just insane. And yeah, I, 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 I think I even said to her, like she convinced me not to like, go try and start a fracas, which I never fight with somebody who has less to lose than you. <laughs> no, that's the thing. I'm, I'm saying the guy probably has a knife or something. It would stab you because it doesn't matter. Even if he doesn't, it's just like, you know, what am I going to do? Punch him? And he's going to like try and rip my dick off, right? Because he, it's like, I would hold, I would not rip his dick off because I'd be like, well, I don't want to like get accused and, and charged with like, you know, mutilation but i'm gonna punch him in the head but this guy's just like fuck it i'll mutilate a dude and they'll probably eat it right because he's crazy and he's homeless and they'll right. just remember like, the homeless yeah. guy who ate somebody's face in florida and they'll be like well we don't have any room at the uh, mental health center so let's just put him back on the street right you never know, never fight happen. with a guy who might eat your face if he gets the upper hand but i think even my girlfriend at the time i was like well i'm gonna call the cops and she was also like don't do that either let's just go to another bar and i was like you're right you didn't even actually hit me well, this is what's always concerned me. It's like if I'm walking down the street in San Francisco, like with my sister or with my girlfriend, and a homeless guy, which could happen, just spits on her, mm. you know, or gives her a wet willy. Right. I, I would 
feel I would have to fight. I would. Or at least push you him down start or a confrontation, right? Well, you'd have to. You'd have yeah. to do something. You know, and I've just, I, you know, thankfully I've never idea. been in that like position. Said, on balance, game theory-wise, it's not a good idea. You should just keep walking. Like, well, you got spit on, but it could be worse, so let's just keep going. Yeah, I just, I couldn't do it. I, but I, you can't because you, here's why you can't. And here's why game theory, theory breaks down. Because you will think about that for five for, days and you'll feel like shit. So you're not fighting the guy to avenge your sister. You're fighting the guy or challenging him or whatever, yelling at him to make sure that you yourself mind. don't feel like shit for the next five days. Yeah, but you feel like shit for the next five days, but your girlfriend saw a weak side of you. That you too. Know, she, she'll never forget that though. She'll bring but it up. But I think you, you thinking that your girlfriend thinks you're weak is the really what you're, you're going to try and beat the shit out of the guy to alleviate that. But you know when you guys go through a, a horrible breakup or you end up <laughs> going through a divorce, the first thing she's going to bring up, remember that homeless guy spit in my face and you walked pussy. away. Yeah. You walked away with your tail between your legs. That's what would happen. This is why the best thing you can do with a girlfriend or wife is uh, avoid that type of uh, environment. Well, just don't go to San Francisco then. <laughs> <laughs> Parts of San Francisco. I mean, that, that, you think about it because it could easily happen. It's happened to many people. I know a few people it's happened to. It's never happened to me. No, thankfully. Luckily. Knock on wood. But yeah. I, you know, I would still be brooding about it. This is what I'm saying. Because yeah, I probably would have to walk away something. and I'd still be thinking about, God damn it. No, you got to do something. you be fucking just yeah. dwelling on it. Uh, you anyway. have to do something. Ask yourself, people, what would you do? What's something. the worst that could happen? He mutilates your balls. <laughs> he eats your penis. Right. Yeah. And you're like, you can never fuck your girlfriend again. But like, you're like, I avenged that you when you were spit upon. She's like, actually, I wish you had a cock. I'm breaking up with you. I would have been fine with you just pissing out on the spit thing. But you don't actually have a penis now. So goodbye. So it's for your honor. Right. Hey, what do you have here for the second story? Did your story happen in Florida? Because that seemed like a Florida story. Uh, no, Connecticut. I don't know if I mentioned oh, that. Weird. It sounded like Florida. Mine did. My, this is a co- complete Florida story. From soup to nuts, as they say. Soup to nuts. <laughs> Beginning to end. People used to eat nuts for dessert. Is that what they said? Soup to nuts? That's what soup to, soup to nuts means. Soup, the meal, the dinner, starts with soup and it ends with nuts. <laughs> the fuck eats nuts for dessert it gets caught in your teeth and you're like walking around with that shit for the rest of the day you know i've had a few girls i've fed nuts to hmm. these nuts berries <laughs> <laughs> florida man has been arrested for practicing medicine without a license oh by the way this came in from bob he bob. says i'm not your uncle mate but here's a story <laughs> play on the bob's your uncle phrase uh according to the victim's complaint in Florida, his troubles started when he paid a shady doctor named Neri Gonzalez to put an implant in his penis that was supposed to make it longer and thicker. Okay, is Neri Gonzalez a you know, licensed urologist? No, I don't think so. Is he a veterinarian? I didn't, I didn't highlight this part, but it says he's currently a fugitive from the law. Okay. So. <laughs> but he does show up later in the story, so it's not like he just started this thing and ran. 
But the, but the thing is, this happens in Florida all the time. You read about these women that's like, you know, I want to get a ass implant. So they just go to this like woman named Esmeralda who lives around the corner and they pay her a thousand dollars to put glue in their buttocks. Right. I, I don't know where this culture explodes. came from. Where like, I mean, I kind of do, but like, I guess boob implants are, are now just par for the course, right? Yeah. Like my tits are commonplace. I'll just go get them. But even that, it, like people just to used to accept like their deficiencies. Like I'm ugly. I've got weird hair, and when I drink, my nose gets super red, and I just that it sucks. But I just look like a fucking kind of a goblin. But now people are like, well, you know, or I, I'm short, or like my dick isn't big enough. But now people are like, well, I'll, j- I'll just go pay somebody and they'll fix it. Well, that's the thing. It used to be inspiration to like go write a book or write a movie so you could become famous and get wealth. And then you can go have sex with these women who spurned you before. Yeah, you can accept your physical deformities. And yeah, it would make Like Woody Allen. He's a classic example of this. Right. But now it's like, okay, no, I'm going to go spend thousands of dollars to try to look like Brad Pitt or something. But women too. Women, I mean, you're you're focusing on Woody Allen and Brad Pitt. Kim Kardashian. Yeah, women do it even more. Yeah. And Kim Kardashian is wealthy. Like she should just been like, you know, got kind of the body that I have, and I'll just, you know, but I'm super wealthy, and some guy will fuck me. Yeah, but did you look at pictures of Kim Kardashian in like the late '90s? She looked like Jafar from Aladdin. Did you, she, Who cares? She, yeah, but I mean, she wasn't attractive, and then after you know, she's wealthy. <laughs> it's not like she was hideous. Well, no, but she could have lived like that and had a fine life. But instead, right. she spent. You know, thousands of dollars, probably a few hundred thousand dollars to turn. But Kim Kardashian can go to the best doctors, you know, the most reputable, uh, you know, hygienic (laughs) surgeons who have a track record of doing this stuff. But 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 all the like proletarians think that they they also have access to these magical abilities that you can just make your body better. What, what I don't understand are the people that are just like, you know what? I saw this deal on the internet for surgery. I'm going to go there. It's like, don't go anywhere that's offering a deal to put an implant in your penis. That's common sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, yeah. But I this guy know. didn't even... But then the, Okay, the tier of the year talking about definitely exists. And then there's the people who are like, well, I'm saving up my money. Or are you going to get the top tier? Well, I'm saving up my money. I'm just going to get the middle tier version. <laughs> like, okay, you're going to have really weird, like tennis ball grapefruit shaped tits or whatever but this guy's the kind of guy who just like meets some guy in an alley or like i don't know like like takes a posting off a b- dirty bathroom wall and like some gay bar now this guy is this yeah this just is just riddled with poor decision making well he wanted his dick to be longer and thicker so he goes to this doctor neary gonzalez they don't call him dr neary gonzalez it's just neary gonzalez and uh, he gets he he implants something. They yeah, just call what? it an un- implant. I mean, I'm thinking it's a tongue depressor. <laughs> Couple de- tongue depressors. Um, but you know, the implant begins to give him problems. Of course, it does. Yeah, big so surprise he goes, there. He goes back to Gonzalez and he says, "Can you take this thing out of my dick?" And Gonzalez says, "No, you got to go to another doctor. You got to go to Doctor Mark, who is actually referred to as a doctor." Hi, Dr. Mark. (laughs) (laughs) The victim, a 55-year-old hairdresser, 
Wait, wait, wait. No comment. <laughs> I was about to say, so the guy, you know, he did probably find an advertisement on the wall of a, of a, of a gay bar bathroom. Probably. That's Scratching probably where he got paint. this. Like implants. Make your penis bigger. The victim's never named, I guess, to protect his you know innocence, but the 55-year-old hairdresser who wanted his dick bigger then wanted the implant removed uh, met Dr. Mark at a warehouse and paid him $1,000 to remove the implant. Okay, this guy... You know, this guy probably even had Obamacare. Doesn't everybody have Obamacare? I don't know when this happened. It doesn't really say. Yeah, but I mean, if it had in the past so. couple of years, you had Obamacare. I don't think Obamacare might not uh, cover penis thickeners. But do you think if you had a thickener that was causing you uh, discomfort, you could go to like a general hospital? You know, I would general? go to a general hospital and say that uh, it was, just, I don't know where it came. Like, what's wrong with your dick? I don't know, but it's thick and it's hurting. I wouldn't tell them that I actually had an implant done in like a dirty bar bathroom. I lost the remote to my TV. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where it went, but I can't find it. I just fell down and it went in. Yeah, I slipped. Yeah. Uh, And never go to a warehouse for a surgical procedure. Warehouses are filthy. Yeah, that just sounds shady. You know, this makes me think of, not to go on too much of a tangent here, but did you read about uh, Lenny Kravitz? Recently, his wardrobe <laughs> malfunction. I read the headline and I saw the photo. Yes, yeah, his leather pants split and his dick is just sticking. Out. And his dick fell out, and then everybody noticed like he's got his dick pierced. He's got mm-hmm. his dick pierced. So everyone started I just talking mostly about. Noticed, it. Like, wow, his dick's hanging out. That's weird. Well, I just, I read about it, and people were I like, wasn't it zooming and enhancing like NCIS? I think it was. But I think he was like rocking back and forth and didn't uh, just you know rocking oh, out with know. his guitar. He didn't know and his dick's just flopping around with his piercing on it. Mm. And so everybody's like, he's got a dick piercing. That's another thing that I've always been wary of. It's like you know I've been to a lot of tattoo studios that are clean, but I've been to a lot that aren't clean. And you got this guy who's like, I'm a body piercer. It's like okay, how long have you been doing this? You know, what type of equipment are you using? How sterile is this environment? Yeah, I've been to places where I'm like, wow, I would never let that guy anywhere near me with a hollow tip needle, let alone shoving it through my my dick hole. Right. So you only get your dick pierced at like clean places. I wouldn't get my dick pierced because I don't like to mess around with my junk. But if I did, it would have to be like a completely sterile environment. Right. How much would you pay? To do it right, I'd I'd pay like a few hundred bucks. I mean, I don't mind. What's the going rate? I don't. Yeah, I have no idea. For Prince Albert, probably like a hundred bucks. Give me that. Probably like hundred seventy-five to a hundred. You think? Really? With the, the jewelry. Needle through my dick hole. With the jewelry. Oh, I mean, including the the, the ring or whatever. Yeah, I'd probably say seventy-five to a hundred. Silver. Or stainless yeah, it's steel? just a stainless steel. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, but I, I mean, I would pay like five hundred. To get well, that's you're gonna get ripped off. What are you getting pierced with gold? No, I just want to make... I mean, what if they fucking do it wrong? What's your recourse? Well, the thing is that I'm, I'm nervous about it. What if you're, what if you're like, doing like a three-way spray every time you have to pee because you fucking like poked too many holes in it? You do anyway. Like I remember my, my tattoo oh, really? artist, uh, my tattoo artist had a... It's an apodrava where it goes right through the head, but horizontally. Uh-huh. And uh, when he took it out, he's always had that hole. So he just kind of pees through three holes forever. Remind me not to invite that guy to a dinner party. <laughs> like, who the fuck's pissing all over the bathroom? Oh, it's that guy with a... The, he used to have a pierced dick, but then he took it out because he thought better of it. 
<laughs> I, I just wonder what the typical... I wouldn't mind asking the listening audience this. Well, girls, that is. Or maybe guys, too. So when a guy... When you, you hook up with a guy... One night stand, come from the bar, he pulls his, his dick out, and there's like, you know, a big piece of metal through the head. What, what do you think the first, re- like, initial reaction is? I, I, mean, I, I, I don't, don't know. I mean, no, that, that's a good question for the audience. I mean, I've been with a couple girls that have been pierced, and I always kind of had that same clitoris? reaction David Tell had. Or the labia. Uh, clitoris. And it's the same, the same thing that, and labia, actually. I've been, I've been with a couple girls that have labia piercings, but it's just, you know, like a, a hoop through it. That's usually what it is. But uh, David Tell was like, it's like putting a uh, washer in the most beautiful roast beef sandwich. Like, why would you do that? You know, and that's, that's always kind of been my reaction. It's just like, why do you have that there? I can see how it's intriguing. Yeah, I don't know. It's just I always thought but it was I think you kind of know. I mean, like, the, you know, if you take a girl home from the bar, like, it's not like you, go, you, you meet a guy at the bar and he's wearing, you know, you're watching football on a Sunday and you meet some guy with khakis on and like a button-up <laughs> Oxford and you go home and he's like, well, this is my golden retriever, Sally, and uh, this is my uh, Toyota RAV4. That's and my you get in the bedroom Gabriel and he record. takes his pants off and he's got a giant fucking like metal stud through his cock. Like, no, it's the guy with the tattoos and, you know, like the weird rockabilly haircut and all that shit. Yeah, Lenny Kravitz. Or Lenny Kravitz. See, do you notice in my fantasy world, there's no black people, it's all whites? <laughs> I'm admitting, I'm owning up to the fact that that's pretty fucked up. Like, I didn't even imagine, I wasn't even thinking of black people. Yeah, yeah. I don't there's know. There's plenty of black guys. In my fantasy world, I don't take Lenny Kravitz home either. <laughs> so, you made me completely lose where I was in the story, by the way. Yeah, that, that I'll was. Just, I'll just pick a answer. spot and people can get pissed off if I. Uh, the warehouse. They went to the warehouse to go. Oh, get they went to the warehouse yeah, to get the, implant co- uh, the the implant removed by a different doctor, and uh, the victim was given five unknown pills of sedation. Took them as you do, passed out, and the next thing he knew was home. Wasn't even in the warehouse. Hmm. So wait, he I woke up hard to home in his own bed. The next morning. Wow. What did, found his what penis did swathed like? in blood-soaked bandages. Ugh. He removed the bandages. Don't. If you, if you go to a warehouse to have a penis operation, and you the next thing you know you're at home, and your penis is covered in bandages, and they're all bloody, just go right to the emergency room and have them take them off. I'm just, you know what I'm picturing? Just a bunch of paper towel and scotch tape. Right. Maybe this guy tape. didn't follow my advice, though. He actually t- took the bandages off to find out he'd been mu- mutilated. The victim's penis was now incredibly small, very swollen, and the skin around the shaft had been removed and was raw. Did he get the implant back, his TV remote? <laughs> <laughs> Does it still work? <laughs> the popsicle stick. Wow, so now he's got a micropenis. Yeah, the victim say, say his penis had retracted so far that it only protruded, it protruded less than an inch from his body. Hmm. Essentially, he's got an elongated clitoris. That's terrible. But was his dick that big before? Well, maybe not. He's not saying that the head was removed. He's saying some skin around the shaft was removed, and now, oh, magically, it's super small. Well, it sounds like the guy like cut it open, pulled out the implant. Right. Stitch it all back it together, yeah. That, uh, I, I doubt the guy, anyone who's going to get an implant probably didn't have an average-sized penis. No. Victim called uh, Dr. Mark to complain 
Uh, and he was told that he what he was experiencing was normal. He just needed some uh, tie some sticks to his mangled cock, and everything would be fine. <laughs> I'd be like, Doc, isn't that part of the procedure? Shouldn't you be doing that? This is not like a home care procedure yeah i was about to say is this what happens when you break an ankle in the woods don't right. you like tie some sticks together and tape tape your leg dr you, mark then a, uh disappeared what's it called, a splint? forever yes yeah, splint dr mark re- disappeared forever after that piece of advice to splint his own cock <laughs> <laughs> so the uh this guy the victim called his previous doctor who referred him to dr mark um who told him his, your penis will heal but he also added that you're responsible for your situation because your own vanity and wanting a larger penis. So there's a moral to this story. There's a moral to the story. Your own doctor that you went and paid money to to get a longer <laughs> penis is telling you you never should have done that and you're a vain cock. You so suffered you deal for with your the vanity. Yeah. It's like a Faustian bargain. You I know actually what? don't know if that actually applies, but I just wanted to say it. Yeah, because the Faustian bargain, you would have got a bigger dick but then paid for it in the future. <laughs> He is paying. He just, he, well, he did get a bigger dick for a little while, and then it hurt, you know, and then he paid for it, and his dick is small again. He just said he, like, it's had the evil genie. Like, an evil genie he made a, a wish for. You know what? Uh, did, did they say what his HMO was? Because I want to stay far away from that HMO. I think he's with Alta Bates. Okay, I'm, I'm not ever yeah, with signing him. up with that. It sounds like Kaiser to me. His penis remains severely deformed. No sensation during urination. Is that something you look forward to? Sensation during urination? The article makes a point of pointing that out, that he doesn't have sensation during urination. Yeah, that's odd. He's unable to engage in sexual relations, of course. And spontaneous (laughs) erection is extremely painful. (laughs) He's a, what, 55-year-old guy is getting spontaneous erections? Yeah, but like, what's his spontaneous erection? It's like an inch long? An inch and a quarter. Okay. (laughs) I don't think he's going to poke someone's eye out with that thing. Well, that's that. Well, there's a moral to the story, people. Don't go to a guy named Dr. Mark and meet him in a warehouse to go get penis surgery. Just be happy with your small cock. Learn yeah. to eat, eat vagina. Eat pussy. Use your fingers. Right. Plenty of other ways to please a woman. Put dude, it in her butt. For that matter. Exactly. She won't complain about it because you're that small. She won't even know. People, send your stories to groundpodcast.com. Got some phone calls to get to. 206-666-3846 is that number. Before we get to our first call, here's another word from Adam and Eve. Hey, sick and wrong listeners. This is Trucker Paul. I got to tell you about this wonderful porno place where you can buy jack-off machines, dildos, inflatable wives. I bought them all. When I go home, I like to diddle my wife with a a little dildo. When I'm on the road, I got my second wife, my blow-up doll, and my jack-off sleeve. Go to adamandeve.com. Type in the word diddle, D-I-D-D-L-E, and you'll get 50% off all your masturbation machines. How do y'all flick my balls? I put a spell on you. So we got a few phone calls to get to. Uh, This first one came from Florida. Holy shit, guys. This is Michael from Florida, your favorite goddamn state. And I was just driving out of the gas station near my work, where I work at Amazon. And uh, there was this pregnant lady pumping gas. And this guy 
and a fucking big ass Chevy compensator just drove compensator. up, fucking jumped out of the car, punched her in the face, knocked her down, and like started fucking kicking her. And like she started fucking miscarrying. She was in a dress, and there was fucking red shit coming out of her. It was fucking disgusting, dude. But it's, it's something that I think you might like. Anyway, <laughs> bye bye. Thanks. Yeah, we, we love that. Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly the kind of thing that we like. We like to see that. You know, it sounds like this guy didn't even do like anything. Are you supposed to do something? Like, don't you honk your horn and be like, hey, stop doing it that. Out. <laughs> Knock it off. <laughs> you know, throw away your, your Slurpee at them or something. I don't know. I've never heard but, of the Chevy Compensator. I think that's a derogatory. Term yeah, I like that. I like big that Chevy che- big Chevy truck because the guy has a micro penis, so they're probably waiting to get an implant. But he jumps out of his Chevy Compensator and beats his uh, a strange pregnant girlfriend. You don't know that. Well, what do you think? This is just a random attack. No, I don't think it's a random attack. But maybe she's been dealing drug meth in his territory. Maybe he. Maybe she talked shit about his girlfriend. Maybe she talked shit about him. All right, I guess there are some variables in the story, but uh, yeah, was <laughs> I mean, this your, Dr. Your, Dre? your version is the most likely one, probably. She, he probably is the baby daddy. Was this Dr. Dre? This is Dr. <laughs> Dre's uh, side hoe. Even Dr. Dre, I think, would say that a pregnant lady is hands off. Well, he's a doctor; he'd probably abort the baby. Right. Yeah, with lyrics. Um, yeah, that's that, that's gnarly. I wonder if uh, this guy. Did you get it on uh, film? I mean, did you bust out your iPhone, your GoPro or something? Doesn't everybody just carry a GoPro? Do you have a GoPro in your car, don't you? Uh, I do. You, well, here's what happens with the GoPro is you get lazy with it. You're like... Just forget you have it. I don't forget I have it, but I want to turn it on. But I'm like, I don't want to fuck around with it. Do uh, a lot of people wear GoPros during sex? I've never done that, but... Do you think like, I mean, I know you, they, okay, let me, uh, this is a better question. Have you ever taken photos or video of yourself having sex? Yeah. Oh. With almost every, uh, almost oh, no. every girlfriend. See, I won't do that. Why? Because I don't want to look at my own open butthole. Oh, no, I'm not taking, I'm not putting a camera on, but I'm taking photos of like, you know, me having intercourse with a girl. Oh, no. Well, I'm talking about, okay, well, I'm specifically talking about video. Yeah, I, I guess... Yeah, I I'm guess frightened I'm taking, of it. I've taken, <laughs> I feel so, like, I've taken I feel like if I videos. ever videotaped my, myself having sex and then watched that video, I would never have sex again. Yeah, I kind of bury it. You know, I have a whole hard drive of just uh, naked pictures and videos of me and ex-girlfriends, and I just don't go there. Once again, I'm not talking about naked pictures. Because pictures, you can be like, you delete the ones you don't like, you know, you take... But I'm saying video. I think if I ever watch a video of myself having sex, I'd be so disgusted with my body <laughs> movements and just the look of my body that I would never, ever have sex again. It would be like, um, I don't know, like <laughs> one of those things from religion where you look at it and you can never look again or something. You're like your own worst critic. Yeah. I give that sex two thumbs down. It. I don't even want to see it. It's not even, it's not even criticism. It's like, uh, it's like looking at Medusa, you know? On Rotten Tomatoes, he got a 6%. Don't see it. I would give myself a one, one <laughs> Yelp star. <laughs> would not bone again. All right. The, uh, uh, moving on here. Uh, I guess this next call... Well, this next call is not for me. It's for you, Wackerly. And I, I, okay. it might fall under the My Two Cents category. Maybe. 
So let's just roll the theme music because the call after that's a my two cents call. Yeah, just so, roll the tape. Yeah, we'll just roll it. My two cents with D and Lance. All right, here it is. You're right, D. Hi, Lance. How you doing? Wayne from London. Um, I'm not sure if you've recorded the show yet. Hopefully you haven't. Maybe you have. Uh, I'm getting married on Tuesday, which will be the 4th of August. Uh, I'm just wondering if you can give me some advice <laughs> on married life, Lance. That's not a mighty right. sense question. It's well, way too open-ended. Sure. Everything. Ooh, a huge fan. I can't wait for you guys to come back over to England. Lance, if you come back, maybe I'll see you. Hmm. All right. That's kind of, he's asking your advice on getting married. Uh, just here's a simple What's one. your two cents on getting married? Here's a simple two cents one. Uh, maybe it's obvious, but I don't think it's that obvious. Like, don't beat off for like a week before the wedding. Because you want to have really good sex on the wedding. So wait, what happens? What happens if you get too drunk to perform on your wedding night? Is that an ill omen for the marriage? How old do you think this guy is? Oh, this guy sounds like he's in his 20s. Like late, like twenty. He doesn't have to worry about it. Because when you're in twenties, you can get as drunk as fuck and just fuck it normally. But okay. like me, I made sure that we like fucked like in the morning before the wedding, and then we like had the wedding, and there was like some time between the wedding and the reception, and then we boned then, and then um, like right after the reception, we boned again, and then we got went out and got super fucked up, and we probably boned after, but like then after we were super fucked up. It didn't matter, like if the sex was great, because we'd already fucked, yeah, like, you already had times. sex multiple times. That's but you want to have like a, a lot of idea. really great sex on your wedding day, is all I'm saying. So don't so you're don't saying, hold do, it do, up. Do, do your your point D is very good. Like have sex throughout the day, so eventually you are going to be super fucked up. And if you're 20, it'll help. But especially if you're older, even if you're 20, it's going to suck. But especially if you're older, make sure you've had sex like three times throughout the day. So when you eventually do have that really messy, drunken, like end of the day wedding sex, wet it doesn't matter. That That is some sound advice. It won't even, even if it's not wet noodle, I think sometimes people think like, oh, well, as long as I can get it up, <laughs> it'll be fine. But if you're drunk and you can get it up, but you're, you're just still just so drunk that you're just like, you know. Stick it in the wrong hole. So it happens. Even the wrong hole might be exciting, but even the right <laughs> hole, but it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm just rocking this pussy. <laughs> but really, she's just like, what? he's just like shifting back and forth mildly. That's and, not good. And then you just pass out with your penis still inside of her. Right. You married That's me. That's not good for anyone. You married me, bitch. <laughs> Enjoy. I mean, don't dwell on it, but have a sex plan. Just be like, we're going to fuck here, 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 here. And that's even before I have my first drink. That's like three times. And then, yeah, a couple more times throughout the thing. But See, don't that, leave it all to the end. That's why I would probably like, yeah, not have sex like a week before. So it's just pent up. You want to have know? a lot of, yeah, jizz build up so you can go like five times during the day. Yeah. When you can like blow a load and almost knock her out. Right. That's the way it, it works. It is pretty great though. That's one of the best, that's one of the greatest feelings about, this is probably going to, a lot of women are going to hate me, but like, I mean it in the most kind ways like you get married and you're like this is my pussy now <laughs> that's all i'll say i put a ring on that shit i that means ownership yeah i can fucking have this <laughs> pussy whenever i goddamn want it. i'm gonna i barely even have to ask i can just get it <laughs> you can just whistle you probably you got it down when you get married you can like make like code words like you'd be like red squirrel that right. means sex 
in front of guests, you know, you could say red squirrel and then she's like, okay, you guys got to get going now. I got to get up for work tomorrow early. Right. I mean, sex. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't work that way when you, when you just have girlfriends, you know, there's sort no, the, all the negotiation is over at that point. It's just like, yeah, give me that. Yeah. Because I own you. <laughs> people always talk about the opposite, right? It's like, people always like the only pussy you're ever going to fuck. Oh, it's a big deal. It's a commitment. But think about it the other way that you're just like, yeah, now that shit's mine. Yeah, and well, for her too, she can be that, like, "That's yeah. my cock." Yeah, like, give I mean, me that, that shit. That, like, I'm tired. I don't care. Fucking pull your pants off. I'm fucking it. I'm sticking it in me. It's good. <laughs> so there you go. Don't have sex for a week, and uh, congratulations on getting married. Mazel yeah, congratulations. Tov. Yeah. Um, I wonder if he's just gonna drink a lot of Stella that night. You know what? Another guy called in here too. He's also getting married. Another English guy. Trend. Oh, yeah, it's Danny Boy again, mate. Uh, I'm getting married in two weeks, boy, so if um, if you give us a fucking cushy little shout-out, mate, I'd be sweet as fuck, mate. All right, ta-da. <laughs> I just had to tie that in. Another English guy getting married name, here. Dude, so we can give her a shout-out, too. What did he say his name was? Danny Boy. Danny Boy. Mazel Tov there, Danny Boy. Um, I think you should take Wackerly's advice. Don't have sex for a week. And then it doesn't even matter if your girl looks like a northern bird. You'll still be able to get it out multiple times. When I say don't have sex for a week, I hope you guys understand it also means don't jack off. <laughs> <laughs> Just hold it. That's hold what you got to do. You got to hold it off. Hold don't, off here, till you get here, married. Here's the real thing. Don't jack off for a week. Don't have sex with your fiance for like a couple days beforehand. Yeah, that's the best three. way to go. Let's say that's three. the best way to go about it. A week it. of not jacking off and three days of no sex with the fiance. Do you know any couples that did not have sex on their wedding night? Yes. You do? From a long time ago. I know, I know for a fact I went to this wedding back when I was like in my tw- early 20s. And this dude was a super fucking wasteoid. And I know exactly what. And, you know, he, they had one of those big weddings where like all day long, it's like family, family, family. There's like 150 people at this wedding and I knew for a fact those guys they did not fuck and then uh, I know like there was a big production like oh we're going to the room and I'm like dude he's way too fucked up like they might have fucked but they didn't fuck good so what do you think it means if you don't have sex on your wedding night it's just bad yeah I don't think it I don't think it both I mean well. I don't believe in luck or anything you know it's it's quote unquote bad luck not real bad luck but it's just not good. It what if you can't... just have anal sex on your wedding night? That's fine. You want to put it in the butt? <laughs> that can be good. All right. This last call here is an actual My Two Cents call. Hey, second row. What's up, Lance? Wackerly. Uh, so I got a question for you guys. So my computer's like kind of dying. And like, I think it's got a lot of viruses on it. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about taking it to like a, uh, taking it to like Geek Squad people at Best Buy or whatever. You called the right place. Wackerly built his own PC. He can give you some PC tips. Tips and, and tricks? I, I know a couple things about Macs, okay? I'm more Here's of a Mac thing. guy. You're a PC Don't guy. Don't fuck your computer for a week. <laughs> and then, uh, fuck it real good on a Sunday. But I don't know, because it's got some, like, kind of wicked, weird porn stuff on it. I bet it does. I don't know if I should, because I don't want to get no funny looks from, like, the guy who fixes my computer, you know, like, checking the files and shit. So, should I do it, or should I not? I don't know. 
Oh, yeah, this is Max. Stop. Okay. Okay, Jared from Subway, you should probably delete the child porn before you take it over to the Geek Squad. Right. Those are my two questions. Is it illegal porn? Yeah. Child porn. I mean... Or is it actual, like, girlfriend porn or, you know, pictures of your mom naked, whatever? What if it's, like, funny bestiality videos you downloaded from the intertubes? That's fine. The Geek Squad's seen that. They don't care. Yeah, they probably would care. If it's just standard porn, like, you know... They really don't give a shit. I would be nervous about, uh, you know, pictures of ex-girlfriends or pictures of current girlfriends. That's the thing. Because the the Geek Squad will download those and distribute them. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I know a couple guys that have worked, I don't know necessarily at Best Buy, they've worked at computer stores. Right. And uh, I'm lumping them all in. I'm not trying to single out the Geek Squad. You bring your computer in. You remember? remember The first thing they do is look in your pictures file. Do you remember Mullet Jeremy? Yeah. Remember, he worked at that photo lab. And people well, would that's bring, pre-computer. Yeah, but people would bring in their film, and it's just like they would have like just these incriminating photos. They would make copies. They'd right. give those copies to all their friends. Mullet Jeremy made a whole photo book. Remember all those people posing with feces, like the feces they made in the toilet? Right. Or the guy hanging from the tree with a Barbie doll shoved up his ass? I don't remember it as well as you seem to, but I remember some disturbing photos. No, I helped him make. I helped him put together the photo album. Oh, you guys were scrapbooking. Yeah, we were scrapbooking. Wanted to make something for the coffee table. I remember my girlfriend at the time hated that, mm. but it was a talking piece, you know. But that—that's what I'm saying. It's like you bring your computer in there, your laptop. They're pouring through that thing. They're going through every single folder looking for porn because that's what and I would do. And credit card numbers. <laughs> and credit card numbers. Yeah. I would do it as a last resort. What I would do, if I were you, I would probably go and uh, look online about ways, or just, or you know what, just reboot your computer, reinstall your OS. Are you actually giving him real computing advice? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm saying before I take any. You think any, that's why people listen to the show to get real advice about cleaning out their fucking dirty files. Wouldn't you reboot? Wouldn't you reinstall your operating system before you took your computer into Geek Squad? Yes. I just would just because I'm worried about the porn that I just missed on my machine. My machine is clean because I have a wife who uses my computer, so yeah, but you all probably, my caches are deleted. Do you, do you have to jack off the porn on incognito mode in Chrome? No, I just I have it set up so whenever I close my browser, it deletes all history. <laughs> That's a good way to keep that marriage alive. Delete your history when you close your browser. It's automatic. I don't even have to think about it. It just automatically does it. Or jack off in incognito mode. And don't or take your computer to Best Buy because you're going to get arrested and probably share a cell with Jared from Subway. People call Signal on Hotline 206-666-3846. Thankfully, Wackerly actually uh, sent out a couple refunds for t-shirts to people who had ordered extra large t-shirts. What are you doing ordering extra large t-shirts? Or larges, right? Or larges. We're out of both of those. So if you order those... You're not going to update the website. I need to do that. But if you order, if even though I have in big block letters, no extra larges, no larges, people still order them when you do. Can you put the Quado design on the Cafe Press store? You know, I'm going to try to do that. I've actually been, uh, I recently updated the Cafe Press store and I put our uh, They Live logo on there. And they oh, got did. me for copyright. What the fuck did I tell you? Yeah, well, no, they just, they wouldn't put it on. They took it down. 
So now I got to put a new one in. But I put some other ones. You know, I'm going to go through some old school sick and wrong designs. Have all our old school shirts up there. So I'll put Quato up there. So you can buy any size t-shirt from the Cafe Press store. But right now, if you want to go to the Sick and Wrong store and you're a small person, we have smalls and mediums. Uh, finally here, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. We're going to end the show, I mentioned before, with an NWA song called Automobile. It's from uh, that 1992 record, their follow-up, called Niggas for Life. Do you ever own that one? I don't think I got that one. Although, you know, everything was dubbed back then, so who knows? Maybe I had it. Uh, you'll remember uh, this song. But it's, okay. it's Automobile, and they just pretty much just took the entire song from Parliament but put in the words pussy and dick. It's great. It's a, it's a classic, easy. Can't wait to hear it. It's an easy classic. Oh, okay. uh, people, we'll be back next week with episode uh, 496. Until then, take a sleazy. Yo, Dre, man, I took this bitch out to the movies and shit, man. Oh, we kissing shit. and grinding and shit. So we hop in the back seat, you know, man. This bitch what? rubbing all on my dick in front like she's gonna give me the pussy, man. And the bitch said three words, man. Stop, no, and don't. Oh, I shit. said, bitch, you don't have to front on me, dear. Yeah, you gotta front on me, bitch. Don't front on me. So why don't you just give that pussy <laughs> here? <laughs>
<clears throat> one of the uh, members of Two Live Crew was on uh, Alan Combs' show the other day. Really? On this? Yeah. Which one? What's his name? Know. Luke? I think one of them just wrote like a biography or something, autobiography. That's probably what was on there. Uh, let's see here. He did say something funny because I was like, bar- I was just sort of half listening to it. Like, I guess one of their worst, because they used to go on, you know, up on stage and get like arrested and shit, right? And they'd have to, like, yeah, run, obscenity. Yeah, run off the stage and like run from the cops. I always and, like, thought they were a joke. Put them in their cars. They were a joke. He was even saying that it was a, like he was the whole point was just supposed to be funny. Um, but they said that he was saying that one of the worst shows was in Detroit. And that like none of the fan when he tried to run away when they tried to run away like none of the fans were there to like spirit them off, and he said, I mean I think he was full of shit, but he did mention he was like, we had all of the Fab Five, you know, like oh, the, the Michigan Fab Five team, from Michigan were all there on stage with us, and a bunch of them were getting their dick sucked on stage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. I bet you that's a lie. Yeah, but it might be have a grain of truth. Or maybe a couple of. Them I think what they used out. to do, they would they would legitimately go to strip clubs, local strip clubs, and get a bunch of strippers and have them on stage and be like, give people lap dances on stage. Did they they came in the gold or Luke came in the gold club with a few other people that I didn't know, but uh, it was I wasn't working. I was actually about to leave, and it yeah. was like around eight or nine on a Friday. <clears throat> he came in and they just were seeing VIP and tons of girls were around them. <laughs> and this is like when, like fifteen years later. Yeah, right. Ten years later. They're a big band. What was it? Miso Horny. Right? Yeah, Miso Horny was their hit. 